Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and all things paranormal. And tonight, we're going to dive into the strange aspect of this podcast. And I am very excited to announce that we will be talking about The Watcher House. Now, for those of you not familiar with The Watcher House, allow me to explain its dark history. Before we dive in, I will ask that you um, forgive me if you hear any car noises, if you hear any car beeps, if you hear any horns. It's one of the luxuries of recording a podcast so close to the Holland Tunnel, but I would rather record than not. So let's do this. I have to say I'm extra excited to talk about this topic tonight because... It was only hours ago that I visited this very house. And Gracie and I decided to take a drive because it's only about a half hour from here. And the house did not disappoint. In June of 2014, Derek and Maria Brodus purchased what they thought was going to be their dream home at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. Now, Maria grew up just a few blocks away from the house, and it was always considered like a fancy part of town. They had three kids together, so they were very excited. Derek purchased the home for $1.3 million after working his way up the ladder to become VP of an insurance company. Now, one day in June, Derek was doing some house painting, and he happened to check the mailbox. He wasn't expecting much because they hadn't officially moved in yet. So he received the standard bills and... Among them, though, there was an oddly written envelope addressed to the new owner. Now, Derek assumed it might be one of his new neighbors, but he continued opening the envelope and the letter began. Dearest neighbor, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? This house has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched it in the 20s. My father watched it in the 60s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within its walls? Why are you here? I will find out. Now, the letter continued. I see you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make the house unhappy. You have children. I've seen them. So far, I think there are three that I've counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed that brought me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them close. Now the envelope didn't have any return address on it, but there was more that the author had to say. Who am I? 
there are hundreds of cars which drive by the house every day. Maybe I'm in one. Look out at any of the many windows at all the people who stroll by. Maybe I'm one of them. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Followed by a signature in like a weird cursive. And it was simply signed, The Watcher. Now it was after 10 p.m. at this point and Derek was alone. So he raced around the house and he turned all the lights off and he actually called the police. There wasn't much they could do though. So Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were all staying at the old house. Now that evening, Derek and Maria contacted people who um, around the neighborhood, but also specifically the people who sold them the house, the Woods family and asked if they had any idea who the Watcher might be. Now, Andrea Woods did admit a few days before moving out, they did receive a strange letter from the Watcher, but she said in the 23 years they lived there, they had never gotten a letter like that before, so they didn't think much of it, and they just threw it away. Now, sadly, Derek and Maria were now nervous wrecks at this point and on high alert. Derek started missing work so he could keep an eye on his family, and when they did go on visits to the new house, they kept the kids close. One of the contractors actually told the Broduses that a heavy sign he'd hammered into the front had been ripped out overnight. Two weeks after that first letter, Maria had been by the house to look at some paint samples, and she saw another envelope in the mailbox with that same odd font so she called the police immediately. The letter had stated, Welcome again to your new home. The workers have been busy, and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? In time, they will. The letter addressed Maria and Derek specifically this time, and the letter detailed their kids' birth order and their nicknames, which was extra creepy. The letter continued, I'm pleased to know your names now, and the name of the young blood you brought me. You certainly say their names often. The letter asked about one of the kids in particular, um, who the writer saw using an easel inside the enclosed porch in the home. Um... It stated, is she an artist in the family? The letter continued, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It's been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It's far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who's in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher and I've been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job. It's my life. It's my obsession. 
and now you, the Brodus family, are my obsession. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to the boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. Derek and Maria understandably stopped bringing their kids to the house after this. They were now totally unsure if they'd ever move in. And several weeks later, a third letter arrived, and it said, Where have you gone to? The house is missing you. There were some theories thrown out that perhaps this was someone who was angry after missing out on a bid to buy the house, because this house is in a very desirable neighborhood and in a street that is highly sought after. The house was built in 1905, so it had like a lot of charm. The previous owners, the Woods family, actually had several offers on the home, and two buyers before the Broduses actually backed out of the sale right before it was finalized. Um, There wasn't much for police and detectives to go on other than they had suspected that it was most likely someone in the neighborhood. Now, one neighbor had told Derek that an odd family did live in the area called the Langfords. There was Peggy, who was the mother, and she was 90 years old, and all the kids were in their 60s and still lived in the house. Peggy's son, Michael, became a person of interest because he was known for his odd behavior, but there was no hard evidence to really pin it on him. Now, Derek became obsessed with finding the Watcher, staying up late, crouching in the dark. He set up cameras around the house, even doing some extensive research into the neighborhood, hoping to find a lead. And the Broduses hired private investigators, handwriting experts, and even a former FBI agent who determined that most likely the letters were written by an older person based on like the old style of writing, and the sentences had breaks and double spaces between them, as happens typically when like an elderly person will write and they take a break as they're writing. They also had a lack of profanity, which is typical of an older writer, and the detectives didn't feel the watcher would most likely act on his or her threats, but the letters did imply an erratic mind and a seething anger toward the wealthy, particularly new money. One part of the letter stated, Are you one of those Hoboken transplants who are ruining Westfield? Which is kind of funny to me because I basically live in Hoboken, so um, there is a lot of new money in the area. (laughs) But um, another interesting fact that one of the detectives found, there was a trace of what they determined was female DNA on one of the letters. Now that doesn't mean the author was necessarily female, but that a female had contact with the letter outside, of course, of Mrs. Brodus. So it was foreign female DNA. Um, the One of the letters uh, continued, The house is crying from all the pain it's going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You're stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for the boulevard, when I ran from room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father, 
but he kept watching until the day he died, and now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Maria understandably started having nightmares about the Watcher, and the investigation just wasn't turning up anything concrete. The uh, private investigator, or at least one of them, did find two child sex offenders who lived within a few blocks of the home, and one of the house painters also noticed odd behavior from a couple behind the house, which had set up lawn chairs facing the house. But unfortunately, by the end of 2014, without any digital trail or fingerprints, there just wasn't any movement on the case. So Derek actually showed the letters to a priest, and this priest agreed to come over and bless the home. Now, that's not inferring anything paranormal. I think he just felt so frightened and such negative energy, he wanted to clear the house and bring something positive to it. The Broduses did install new alarm systems, and they, well, they decided that the idea of them moving in um, just filled them with anxiety, and they would be too worried about their kids. So Derek began carrying a knife everywhere with him, and they were both just nervous wrecks. And sure enough, another letter came to the house. The boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of the boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient. I will wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again, like it once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and leave it alone. They did get a slight clue with further scrutiny. Um, and again, the female DNA helped, but it wasn't necessarily the um, smoking gun they were hoping for because they still couldn't pinpoint it to any particular individual. The Broduses ultimately decided to sell the property, but they were hesitant to take a loss on it. So the house had drained them so much financially, they received some lowball offers. And to their credit, though, they never hid the letters from any potential buyers like the Woods did to them. They showed every potential buyer these copies of the letters, and they wanted anyone who purchased it to know the full history of the house. They did receive some bids, but they would always back out after reading the letters. After not initially being able to sell the home, they decided to try renting it out. And they would still be taking a financial hit because the New Jersey property taxes are no joke, but it would at least alleviate some of the financial burden. A family with grown children and two big dogs had agreed to rent the house, but the renter told the Star Ledger that he really wasn't worried about the watcher, but he did have a clause in the lease that let him back out if they received another letter. Two weeks later, Derek went to the boulevard to deal with squirrels that had taken up sort of residence in his uh, roof, <laughs> and the renter handed him another envelope. It said, The soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission 
saved the soul of 657 with my orders. All hail the watcher. The renter was mentioned. He was, uh, you know, understandably rattled, but he did agree to stay if the Brodises installed higher tech cameras around the house. Uh, the letter did indicated that revenge could come, indicate us, I'm sorry, that revenge could come in many forms. Now, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars, bicycles crash, bones break. The Brodises understandably continued to press the case, but there wasn't much for law enforcement to go on. And, um, you know, it was possible that this was never going to be solved. So, uh, it's just, uh, it's very sad, you know. Um, the family was really torn up about this. And they had a few leads. There was an odd teenager who lived in the area, and he kind of grew up... Um, infatuated with video games and there was like a character that he went by called the watcher but that could also be from um rumors that circulated around the neighborhood about this particular case so that was nothing really concrete and there were a couple odd characters around the general area seems to be a lot of odd characters around the neighborhood um one guy would just play a flute <laughs> so that's a little uh, different. But after many nightmares and anxiety-filled nights, the Brodises really wanted to sell the property. Um, they did sue the former owners, the Woods, and I believe a private settlement was reached. And um, they finally did um, receive something in the court. I don't know exactly what the denomination was, but they at least they received something. They did receive a final letter which said, you are despised by the house, and the Watcher won. Um, you know, I suppose in a way the Watcher did. Um, happily though for the Brodises, the family home did sell in July of 2019 for $959,000. So they took about a $400,000 loss, uh, not to mention the thousands they spent on detectives and security, but at least they were now free. And I'm really, I, I can't imagine the anxiety that they went through. I mean, I um, have mixed emotions. Part of me would, would have said, yeah, I definitely would have stayed in the house, but I don't have children, so that's a different scenario. But as I mentioned earlier, I did go to this house today. One thing which was interesting um, in, um, sorry if I'm losing my train of thought, I'm trying to just think mentally of the everything that I sort of took in today. But when I went online, the house looks like it's set much further back than it actually is. So the driveway is actually not too hard to walk up to and get to the front door. It's a beautiful home, absolutely beautiful, but it did remind me of basically the Amityville house on steroids. 
Now, I guess I played private detective a little bit because I did venture to the back of the house via car with Gracie. And we just looked to see if it was accessible to neighbors, as the article said. And it certainly is. You can spy upon the house from the back. There are hedges, but you can definitely peer in. And it is an open house. Uh, As a matter of fact, we did see the new owners walking around the house and they basically had their front door open, but we did not want to be rude and we didn't feel it was appropriate to walk up and knock on their front door and say, hey, can you give us a tour? So we took some photos and we took a little video and then we were on our way. But I have to say, it's a beautiful area, but there's something disturbing in this case. The Watcher is out there somewhere and nobody knows who he or she is. So, if you do travel to Westfield and you go take a look at this house, just beware that the Watcher may be watching you. For Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson. See you next week.